Yes. Plus a few others that are really interesting. Your mother-in-law is shares the same name as mine. <laughs> and my wife and your wife, they they both play the flute. They love Dr. Seuss. And uh, they love Oregon Ducks, too. <laughs> Plus some others, which I won't bore you with. But it is so peaceful. It's so um, wonderful that uh, um, the Lord has done wonderful things. You all remember a few months ago, we were crying before the Lord, praying God, bring a pastor, God, bring our hearts together, God, bless our church, God, give us a focus, give us a direction. And now you see the Lord answers prayers, and he's here with us, wonderful things that he's going to do. And most of those things actually depend on you. Amen. Uh, what else did I want to say before I start preaching? Yeah, I think it would be uh, fun for you to know that uh, about a week and a half ago, I swore an allegiance to the United States and to the... F- and, and to the flag, to the great country that the Lord established. This country is great. Um, And yesterday, I received my passport in the mail. Yeah. And now I'm ready to go back to Uganda. (laughs) But that also means that my home is now here. Amen. So blessed to have two homes, the Uganda home and the American family, and that I can come back here easily. Um, But I know that there is work to be done for the kingdom in Africa, and I am very particularly uh, committed to that calling. And I don't want to pursue any other dream other than that. It's very easy to get caught up in the American dream. And then you forget about the calling. And this morning, I will be talking to us about our higher calling. Amen. But first, I'd like us to take a few minutes and just pray and ask the Lord to draw our hearts to him and that he should prepare us to listen, to get it from him. Amen. I cannot speak anything here in my own wisdom or knowledge that can change your life. Only God can. 
I'm honored to stand here as a vessel. But I, I want God to bless you. If he can do it through me, praise God. If he can speak directly to you as you sit down there, he's, we're seated in his presence. And if you believe like I do, the Holy Spirit is here. And he knows you. And he knows every single thing that you're going through right now. And he cares about that. And he wants to do something about it. If you believe, let's just bow our heads and just take a moment and direct our heart to God. There is no secret of what God can do. What is done for others, He can do for you. With His arms wide open, He'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. He's able. It is no secret what God can do. What is done for others, He will do for you. With His arms wide open, He will pardon you. It is no secret. What God can do. I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. me now, my Savior, I come to you. I know how I need you. Oh, I need you. Hour I need you. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to.
got nowhere to go. I come to thee. I bring all my burdens and cast it to the cross. All my worries and pain to you I give. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. Tell him to bless you. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. Let's sing that three more times. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. Sing like you mean it. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to Are you desperate enough? Let's sing one more time. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to Thee. If it doesn't bless you, no one can bless you. If it doesn't heal you, no one can heal you. If God doesn't give you peace, no one can give you that peace. If God doesn't give you purpose, you can try anything in this life and you will not find that purpose. That's why we Come to him, say, Lord, bless me. The blessings of God are supernatural. They are not physical things. They are supernatural things. When the blessings of God is bestowed upon you, you are blessed indeed. Everything you touch is blessed. Your generation is blessed. Your life is blessed. Your home is fruitful. <clears throat> I like us to take our minds off our usual businesses and the worries of life for a little bit, for a few minutes, as long as I'm standing here, and let's focus, let's ponder on our high high calling, or higher calling of, of our most holy faith. Amen? I'd like us to start with a simple and powerful verse in Scripture. A couple of verses, a few verses in, in Matthew 22. We're reading verses 20, 35 to 
39. One of them, those were the Pharisees, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus answered him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. I'd like us to use these few verses like a mirror today and stand in front of it and make some important assessments. Love is the bedrock of our faith. And it's important that we are, we will come here. We will profess his name, our people who have fallen in love with God. It is only then that anything else is possible. It's only then that we can obey. You know, when you love somebody, you will do everything for them. You will do everything to build the bridge to get to where they are. Love overlooks weaknesses. Love is the engine that propels you on even when there are challenges. So when love is in place, anything is possible. Marriage is possible. Ministry is possible. Getting along with people is possible. Even difficult people. But when you don't like somebody, when you hate somebody, you will always find every reason to blame them. You will always find the wrong, the mistakes that they have done, isn't it? It's different when you love them. All right, let's move on. How do you know? It's a very important question that uh, a friend of mine asked me a long, long time ago when I was young. How do you know you're in love? <laughs> Amen. How do you know you love her? How do you know he loves you? Huh? Huh. Well, I believe at least one person in this building has ever fallen in love, right? And you know you're in love when you always want to be around that person. Nothing else is important than to spend time with that person, right? You want to spend time talking with them. Now, when we love God, we want to spend time talking with him. 
not talking to him. That's the difference. A lot of people spend time talking to God. Because we are told that when we talk to God, miracles happen. He's a magician. But love brings us to an intimacy with God. And then prayer becomes a lifestyle, not a meeting. And did you know that over 90% of the prayers that we offer to God are for physical needs? I do that, okay? I do that. All of it. Partly because we live in a troubled world with problems everywhere. But today, I want us to focus on something very important. Follow me as we go. Well, I know that God is my Father and that He loves me. That is important for me to know. Those who know their God shall be strong. That changes everything about you, how you carry yourself. It changes your commun- the quality of your communication with God. Point number two on that, if you know you're in love with God when you spend time in his word. When the word of God is sweeter than anything else. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You want to spend time, you, you eat, you devour this, this, those pages, and you come back to the same again, and it, it all feels so different, and, and God is just opening new stuff to you. You know, the word becomes sweeter than uh, that Saturday uh, football. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> or oh, Friday, I don't know when they play it. Yeah, and then after the football and your team loses, and then you're like, ah. (laughs) But the word of God is sweeter than that. When you read the word of God, it doesn't leave you with, ah. (laughs) It lifts you up. Point number three, you know you're in love with God. When your level of sacrifice and obedience to the work of God seems to be abnormal, normal. It supersedes all standards. You don't cling to anything in this world. You are a generous giver. You share anything. Share your home with people. Share your food. You know you're in love based on your generosity. Amen. If you still struggle with giving, (laughs) then you know the question is in the heart.
Loving God and our neighbors also come with the, the responsibility <clears throat> to sacrifice, to witness, to preach the gospel, to reach out to those in trouble. You know, don't you think many other people also need to hear the gospel? Don't you think there's hope for that person who is still in bondage? That the life you enjoy now can also be the life they can enjoy someday? The freedom that Christ has given you, they also deserve it? That is why it is important for us to witness for Christ. You know, the humanistic gospel today tells us that you should just love the people. Don't say to them anything that's offensive. Don't tell them the truth. Don't tell them to repent. Or don't tell them that they need Jesus. Otherwise, you're being rude. Oh, by the way, when was the last time you talked to somebody about Jesus? If they don't want to change... It is is not your problem. But you have to do your due. Treat to them. That's your business. You think Jesus would would condone that? Would say, Oh, Jesus would just Oh, hey guys, I'm Jesus. You know, I I love you very much. Jesus would do more than that. John the Baptist would nail the hammer on the head of the people. The prophets of old. <laughs> what would Jesus do? Jesus would turn tables. He would tell them, your sins are forgiven. You go and sin no more. John the Baptist preaches, repent or perish. <laughs> yeah, that was John the Baptist. Yes, we're supposed to be kind to those that are still struggling. And the world, as we know, is in a lot of trouble. And there are many people who are in pain, uh, the fragile. The Holy Ghost can give us wisdom on our hand of them. But I believe you and I are supposed to be the salt and the light of the world. Amen. A city on a hill that cannot be hidden. You know, when that city is on the hill, everyone is seeing it. That's you. You come to church, right? Yes, they're seeing you. So they either see a bright, shining light, Or they see a bad testimony to the gospel. 
because of your life. You are sitting on a hill. People need the Lord. We must present the gospel in our community, the church, in our neighborhood, in our workplaces. It is a more loving thing to do to tell somebody the truth. To tell somebody about the sweetness of Christ. Maybe it will take just you sharing what Christ has done for you. Maybe it will just take you living a life that is amazing and they just look at you and they say, huh, there's something unique about that lady. And that will attract them to you. I've read my Bible well enough and also experienced some of these facts that when we pray for revival, when we seek what God is after, that's the life, the souls of his people, creation. When we get involved in the redemption agenda, God is happy with us. And that's why we're here. That's why you are here. That's why the, the, this church is here. To do God's business. You know, we make many prayers. But I know that there are prayers that God can, uh, can answer almost immediately. For example, when we cry out for forgiveness, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner. God will not say, come tomorrow. No, he'll forgive you right there and then. And you go to heaven. Like that thief on the cross with Jesus. He cried out, said, remember me when you get into your kingdom. Jesus told him, tonight, this very hour, you're with me up there in paradise. Your life changes from despair to paradise. Freedom, forgiveness of sin. There's no better feeling than that. To be set free. Have you ever been to jail? To prison? And then they, they just say from nowhere, said, hey, your case has been dropped. You're out! <laughs> I've never been to jail, but... I believe that feeling is great. Amen. God answers immediately when we extend kindness and forgiveness to those who offend us. God releases the shackles of unforgiveness. You feel freed. Lord, I forgive that person. But if you don't forgive them, you remain in that shackle. When you, as soon as you say, Lord, I forgive, I, I let them go, God sets you free right there and then. There are prayers that God will, uh, will take some time on. Amen? Because one secret which, which I found to be very... Uh, Paramount is that most of the things that we worry about are supposed to be the residues of a righteous living. 
Let me say that again. Most of the things that we worry about, we cry to God about, we make them a prayer list, prayer points, those are supposed to be the benefits of a righteous living. I will show you. For example, the scripture says in Matthew 6.33 that seek first the kingdom of God. And all these others will follow. Elsewhere, God promised to fill our mouths with laughter and our tongues with shouts of praise. See that in Job 8.21. He also said, open wide your mouth and I will fill it. How difficult is that? Just open it. (laughs) And it will fill it. But you know who he's talking to? He's talking to the righteous. To the obedient. He said, I will bless you in this land. I will enrich you because you have cherished my laws. Elsewhere in scripture, he said, Oh, that was King David. He testified saying, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy. Everywhere you turn, they're following you. Amen. Goodness and mercy. (laughs) Hallelujah. When you settle and rest, they also settle there. Goodness and mercy. Hallelujah. Start moving again. Goodness and mercy following you. That also creates the environment of goodness and mercy, sweetness, fellowship to the people around you. When people are close to you, they enjoy the sweetness of the presence of a child of God. Amen. Because the words that you share are peaceable, loving, are uplifting. You don't curse. I know some people, you stay with them for less than a minute, they have cursed 20 times. I just cannot stand that kind of presence. So I take off. Amen. There's a problem when people don't enjoy your presence. The problem is here. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks everything else. That's the environment that you live in. But we will be successful preaching the gospel if what is coming out of us is the pure word of God. Amen. The sweet aroma. I'll show you again. I love this. King David said this in Psalms 103, verses 2 to 5. That bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your disease, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things. Praise God. So that your youth is renewed 
like the eagles. Oh, praise the Lord. Now, I would like us to wrap it up with some very key uh, points. And these are issues that we grapple with today when it comes to witnessing the gospel to people. The 21st century is, 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 is like any other century where Christian believers just feel this resistance. I was look a little differently. But all of these are very uh, powerful forces that we need to reckon with. Number one thing, people are afraid. People are afraid of scorn, afraid of persecution, afraid of, you know, all kinds of fear. In other countries, we have underground churches. In Uganda, we had underground churches for about nine years when Idi Amin was in power. He burned churches, he killed pastors and bishops. So the church went underground. In many countries today, in the Middle East and elsewhere, the churches are underground. You, you cannot speak publicly. Thank God for the freedom in America. Amen. Amen. The persecution that we suffer here in the United States are subtler than in other places. We need to recognize them. The other challenge is the increase of wickedness, sin in the world. That creates a resistance. The people don't want to listen to the gospel because they love darkness instead of light. Number three, the love of many people. And of course, Scripture backs that because of the increase of sin, the love of many will disappear. And we ourselves lack the love which should drive us to preach the gospel. Amen? We must be filled with love to be able to reach out to the people. And uh, this is a very interesting one. Uh, empirical realities, multiple truth, loss of faith in the authority of God's word, which is the only thing that must define the truth. You know, human wisdom, humanism, uh, You and I know that the word of Scripture is the truth, the most powerful truth, and there's nothing like it. Muslims are going to tell you, well, Muhammad is our man, and Jesus, ah, we don't know about him. The Jews are going to tell you, we're still waiting for the Messiah. The Buddhists are going to tell you Buddha is the one true prophet of God. But as far as I am concerned, all of those guys died and their grave are still there. But Jesus' grave is empty. Amen. 
And I don't have to convince anybody because I feel something in me that only God has done that no man can do. So we know it. The secret of the kingdom has been given to us. Amen. So people are going to say all kinds of stuff. We must be able to be very apologetic and preach the gospel and prove them wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen. Uh, I already mentioned, pointed out this last one here. The fear of offending our listeners and the pressure from those who have already chosen what they want to hear. <laughs> those are the kind of people who gather their own teachers who is going to speak to them what their itching ears want to hear is what the scripture says. Yeah, so we have those kind of people who just do not want to listen to you. I will show you how we can get those kind of people. Amen? At the end. Now, If you experience these challenges, which I know you do and I do, I just want you to know that you're not alone. And it's not the first time that we're experiencing challenges and resistance to the gospel. Many who went before us encountered even worse encounters, worse obstacles. And some of them almost gave up. Some of them were killed. Some of them were discouraged. Can I show you? The disciples, for example, after walking with Jesus for three years, and now their king was killed, crucified and killed, and then buried. Even when Jesus resurrected, they still had that feeling of dejectedness. And at some point, they went back to their old businesses. They went back fishing, right? Some of them took the road to Emmaus. And Jesus was showing up. <laughs> you know, Jesus showed up one morning as they were fishing. They, they were coming out of... Jesus asked them, Hey, friends, haven't you any fish? Jesus knew they didn't have any. <laughs> Say, oh, we toil all night long. That's what I call the miracle of the empty net. <laughs> Sometimes God will use such miracles in your life. <laughs> but they were encouraged after the day of Pentecost. Do you know what happened? You know what happened. They received the Holy Spirit and power. And they preached the gospel with courage. The Holy Spirit factor. Note that somewhere. Don't forget. The other person who tried to run away, who got discouraged, was Jonah. <laughs> Jonah, I love Jonah. <laughs> the Lord tells him, Hey, Jonah, son of Amitai. I want you to go to a very important city called Nineveh and preach the gospel there. I cannot stand the way those guys are living anymore. 
And Jonah immediately heard that he tried to run away. He went and boarded the ship. He was headed to Tarshish. <laughs> oh, that's quite naive, right? <laughs> King David said, where can I run away from your presence? If I go into the mountains, you're there. If I go into the heavens, you're there. If I go into the, into the oceans, if I make my bed in hell, <laughs> even there you, you will see me, you will find me. Here Jonah is thinking he can board a ship to another city to run away from the Lord. <laughs> my friends, <laughs> sometimes we do stuff like that, right? We try to run away, <laughs> yeah, so that the Lord will not see us. Like hiding, digging your head in the sand when your bodies are here. You know, a tiger is coming and you say, oh, oh I hide my head in the sand. That's what an ostrich does. <laughs> we cannot run from the calling of God. When God has called you, you cannot run. <laughs> I'm going to leave you to read those scriptures so we don't take my time. I want to summarize. The other person who tried to, who felt discouraged was Elijah. Very fascinating. In First King 19, Elijah had done exploits. He had even slaughtered hundreds of the prophets of Baha. That contest on Mount Oreb, that was a powerful contest, a demonstration of the power of God. And then King Ahab tells Jezebel what uh, Elijah had done. And then Jezebel sends a message to Elijah. Said, by this time tomorrow, hmm? He said, may the God strike me dead if by this time tomorrow I don't take your life the way you took the lives of the Baal prophets. Now, remember, this was a spiritual warfare. This was, this was the spirit, the spirit of Jezebel. And the man of God who has just walked in power and experienced the power of God, all of a sudden loses faith in that and opens himself to fear. And he ran away into the mountains. And the Lord shows up to him and says, Hey, Elijah, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know, all of the stories, how the angels bring him food and say, Rise up and eat. But something of... Not which I want to share with us is down in verse 18. You know, Elijah was complaining. They have killed all your prophets. I'm the only one who is left. And now they want to kill me too. And God tells him, you go back and anoint several people, including Elisha, to take over from you. But I still have 7,000 people in Israel whose knees have not knelt to worship Baha, and whose mouths have not kissed him. 
you know, terrible as things may be looking in our day and age, especially in this country, there are still remnants of God here. Amen? True worshippers of God in this country. And that is very reassuring. And those few can shine the light into the darkness. Now, friends, what must we do to daily live a life of witnessing to the people around us? There are a few things, simple things that we can do. Anyone can do. Amen? If you love Christ. Let us not be threatened. Let us, we must do everything to obey Christ. That's important. We're gonna, he's going to hold us accountable for the life we've lived here. We cannot succumb to pressure, succumb or be complacent about things around us. We must obey. That's what Peter, Peter told uh, the kings. He said, you judge yourself. Decide for yourselves. If you read that in Acts chapter 4, 17, whether God wants people to listen to you rather than to him. These people wanted to stop John and Peter from preaching. They even imprisoned them. And they threatened them. Said, we don't want to hear you preach in this name again. But Peter and John were defiant. Say, you decide. Do you think God wants these people to listen to him or you? <laughs> they were silenced. Because these guys were unstoppable. Now, simple things, steps. Let's wrap it up in the next few minutes. Number one, you yourself be the living gospel. Amen? You yourself be a living gospel. The letter that people can read. Walk in love and compassion. Treating people as humans at the same time. I've been to some places I've seen how people are treated like objects. That's wrong. We as Christians should not do that. If you have a company, you have a business, treat those workers as humans. Let them see the reflection of the love of God in you as their boss, if you're a boss. If you're a boss, say amen. <laughs> we must prove by the way we live that Christ truly transformed our lives. Amen? We must sell what is working for us. You cannot sell what is not working for you. If it is not working for you, nobody want to receive that. Show me that uh, this uh, uh, which you are telling me has worked for you. <laughs> you know? Number two, enrich yourself with the word of God. Be engulfed in the word. Amen? Read it, 
but also let the word read you. You know, we have very knowledgeable people these days. They know the word, they study the word, but they don't allow the word to study them. They read it, but they don't allow the word to read them. You must allow the word of God to read you as well. To tell you, yeah, we have some spots. You know, as you read the word, as you consume the word, the Bible says it cleanses you. Amen? It cleanses you. (laughs) It gives you life. You know, when we keep the laws of God in our hearts, we receive the power, the energy, the strength to not sin. You know? King David said, Thy word have I kept in my heart that I may not sin against you. But we must keep the laws. When, when you hold the word of God dear, close to your heart, and make it indwell in you, it changes you from within, out. Amen? What is in you begins to flow to the people around you, very notably. And these laws, we must pass them on to our children. That's important for some of us who are parents here. What are you bequeathing your kids? Riches, wealth, education? What gifts do you give them? Now Christmas is coming. Toys, presents, and you flood them with gifts. They don't even, they can't recite a a scripture in the Bible. As a shame, as a challenge to me as well. These laws must be written on our very hearts. If we don't pass it on to our children, we risk having a generation that will not know God. And that's dangerous. Remember there was a king in Egypt that rose and did not know Joseph? You know what happened? Children of Israel went into slavery. Our country can go, can go into slavery and chaos because we have a generation that does not know God. Number two, three, as we close down, draw closer to God first, then resist the devil. You know, we come in prayer, we come in spiritual warfare, we come in worship. When our hearts are far away, God told the children of Israel, this nation worship me with their lips. Their hearts are elsewhere. The Bible says in Peter that we must draw close to God. And then we can resist the devil, and then the devil will flee. That's the order of business. (laughs) Amen. Now that you know about God, we must strive daily to know him personally. To build a strong relationship with the one who loves our souls. He said, I will come and dwell with you. When this happens, you know what happens? You begin to walk in the power, in the very divine presence of God. Because he dwells in you. We must be the first beneficiaries of the gospel we preach. <laughs> you know, Moses said, when God said, I will send you 
to the land of Israel. I will send you with my power, but I myself am not going with you. Moses said, no, 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 no. If you're not going with us, I'm also not going. <laughs> We're not going. That's a powerful secret. Because I preached here one time that the presence, two things that God promises. He promised his presence. When he calls you, he promises his presence. He says, I will be with you. And he gives you the roadmap, his word. Those two things only. Some people are still waiting. That God must show me all the details. How I'm going to accomplish this mission. Otherwise, I'm not going. God will not show you all the details. He just says, pack your bag and leave. And go to the land which I will show you. Just obey my calling and do this which I am tugging your heart to do. Don't be reasoning with me. God would say, As I know I will be with you. Every step of the way. That is important. That as we go and God has called us, he's with us. Lastly, we must pray fervently. An effectual prayer of a righteous person avails much. Prayer of a righteous person. Again, does God hear a sinner's prayer? Yes. A sinner's prayer. What is a sinner's prayer? Forgive me, Lord, I'm a sinner. And then you pick up from there. He has justified you. Believe it. He has forgiven you. Believe it. Have you become righteous? Yes. Righteousness not by works. We are taught that you must do something to deserve it. That's what religion taught us. You must suffer. You must sweat. For you to now feel that, oh, I really worked for this righteousness. Now God will receive me. I've given, I have the sacrifice, I've cleaned the church. Now it feels good. That is where most people are hiding from the Lord. They are hiding in good works. That's running away from the Lord. They don't experience God's the intimacy with God. Because there is that false assurance that when I am busy, when I've done all these things, feels good. I have done the works of righteousness. No. Don't hide in good works. Don't hide in miracles. Don't hide. Some at the end of the day will say, Lord, we preach the gospel. We cast out demons. We fed the hungry. You know, and Jesus will say, but I don't know you. (laughs) Because they were hiding in good works. Please don't hide in good work. We must come, confess, pray, and then begin to seek God. This is how we're going to end it. Amen. I'd like us to stand, and we're going to pray. If you are discouraged today, 
I want to pray with you. Maybe you are depressed, discouraged, you go to bed sad, you wake up several times in the night and the problems are still there, you're still depressed, you're still sad, you, you still feel condemned, and you wake up in the morning when your face is down and you are a child of God, that must change. That story must be rewritten that you can enjoy mercy in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. His mercy is renewed every morning. We must experience freedom. Set us free, Lord. Set us free. There are many things that are holding us back from truly drawing close to you, from truly preaching and witnessing Christ. Please, set us free today. Somebody here crying out to the Lord, set me free, Lord. I want to go. I want to be free. I want to be able to listen to you. Oh. Take a moment and just open your heart to God. If you want me to pray for you and today you, you're saying, Lord, I need help. I need help. First, I give my life to you right now. I want Jesus in my heart. I have wandered in desert places. I'm coming home. I want to be renewed. You don't have to come here. But if you want to come, just come in the front here. I'll pray with you. Do something new in my life, something new in my life. Do something new in my life, oh Lord. Do something new in my life, something new in my life. Do something new in my life, oh Lord. Temgina nyeni kwona, gina nyeni kwona, temgina nyeni kwona, Yesu. Timgina nyeni kwona, gina nyeni kwona, timgina nyeni kwona, Yesu. Ooh.
something new in my life. Something new in my life. Do something new in my life. Oh, Lord. I say yes, Lord. I say yes. I say yes, Lord. I open my heart and I say yes to you. Yes to my Savior. Yes to my God. The one who holds my future. The one who holds things together. The one who can put things together. I say yes to him. You say yes to him. Yes to Jesus. Are there yes any others this Jesus. morning? Any others this morning that want to say yes to Jesus? Yes to Jesus. Somebody who says, I, this has been moving on my heart and I feel the spirit of yes God to touching Jesus. me. I need to say yes to Jesus this yes morning. Whether that's Jesus. the first time or the 50th time. Come forward if that's yes something that God Jesus. is putting on your heart. Just that one word can open that door. Yes to Jesus. That's the key word. Yes. Let the King of Glory enter. And you'll enjoy freedom and healing. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. One more time. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to Thee. Yes, Father, we thank you for your presence, Jesus. Thank you, guys. Lord bless you. Thank you for your presence, Jesus. Lord, today, even at this time, we commit our hearts to you. Lord, we say, not our will, but your will be done in our lives, God. We say, Lord, not my spirit, but let your spirit flow out of me today. Lord, not my future, your future. Lord, not my kingdom, your kingdom. Lord, not my world, your world. Lord, we release to you our lives, our concerns and worries and anxieties and fears. And we say, Lord, we commit these things to your hands, knowing that you are good, mm. that you are faithful, that you are present to us today. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to end with a hymn. We're going to sing a song together. But before we do, I want us to just pray over Edward, if that's all right. And, and uh, we're going to lift up also the missions trip that... Uh, that they're going to be going on. Uh, and we're also going to invite the ushers forward. Go ahead, guys, come on forward. We're going to take a, a love offering for Edward and, and for the ministry that they're going to be doing there. So while we're worshiping, while we're just singing this last hymn, if you would, if you, if God has put it on your heart, 
to give to this ministry, please do so. They're going to be in Uganda in just a couple weeks. We'll be in Kenya and Rwanda as well. All right. But if you would just uh, extend your hands this way, we're going to pray for Edward. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, would you send your spirit upon Edward? Lord, fill him with your power and with your grace, with the discernment and wisdom that he needs as he continues the ministry that you've called him to. And in the name of Jesus, as your body, we come behind Edward and we say, we are behind you, we are for you. We are contending for you. We rebuke the enemy and whatever plans that he may have against this ministry, against this man and his family. We pray for your continued grace over his life. And Lord, for this trip, we pray for a special blessing Mm. that you would go with them to open doors to pave the way for your ministry to go forth. And so, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we commission this man to do your work in ministry in this world. Thank you, Father. In your name, precious Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. Edward, would you uh, lead us in a hymn? Gladly. Sing along. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, our Father. There is no shadow of turning within. Thou changest not thy compassion, they fail not. Hast thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thine faithfulness, great is thine faithfulness, morning by morning, new must say I see, all I have needed thine hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in thy courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to thine great faithfulness, mercy and love. Great is thine faithfulness, yes, Lord, great is thine faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercy I see. All I have 
needed thine hand us provided. Great is thine faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin and peace, thou endurance, thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings on mine with ten thousand beside. Great is thine faithfulness. Yes, Lord. Great is thine faithfulness. Morning, my morning, new mercies I sing. All I have need that I had as provided. Great is thine faithfulness, great is thine faithfulness, great is thine Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to make you stand without blemish in the presence of his glory with rejoicing to the, our only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory and power, majesty and authority before all time yes. and now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Give somebody a high five or a hug. Come up and give Brother Edward a hug as well.